Hello and welcome. My name is Jen Stickney and I'm the host of the Simply Authentic podcast. I created this podcast as a way to share tips, lessons, ideas, and experiences that I've had around creating a life full of prosperity. Whether you're a longtime listener or tuning in for the first time, I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. Today I have a special guest, Ben Stickney, joining me. Aside from being my husband, he is a cloud architect for a business technology consulting firm located in the Midwest. They specialize in software integrations for business transformation and commercialization. So in other words, if your business relies heavily on technology, you don't have to be an IT expert. Instead, you can partner with a firm, like the one for which my husband works, that has proven results on how to make technology work for you. They have a team of professionals who understand your business and the technology you need to meet your business goals. Ben has been on the Simply Authentic podcast previously to share how he manages to deal with the stresses at work, as well as how he's able to disassociate with work stress so that his time at home can be focused on family. I invited Ben to join me again today to talk about difficult conversations at work. I'm sure we've all been there, stuck in a difficult, possibly high-stress situation where deadlines are at risk. Or maybe someone did something that wasn't what was asked of them, or perhaps someone simply isn't working to the standards expected of them. Ben and I discuss the various types of difficult conversations he deals with and how he prepares for them mentally and emotionally. We also co covered the process he goes through prior to those and during those difficult conversations so that he can share a little bit of insight on how he deals with these things and how you might use a similar process when you are in a situation that requires a difficult conversation as well. Ben, thank you for joining us. Of course. So Ben, so that our listeners have an understanding of what your role as cloud architect entails, you lead a team of a dozen or so individuals and you have a regular direct communication with the executive level roles for the clients for which you, your company does business. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay, so that right there to me sounds rather stressful if you're not used to working with that level in a, you know, an organization. That to me could create stressful conversations no matter what or difficult conversations no matter what. But for you, you're, you're kind of used to this. Can you share with us some of the types of conversations, the difficult conversations that you run into on a regular basis? Yeah, you will always have, I break it down into two different categories, really. You always have the conversations with your clients where <clears throat> project overruns or, or scope creep is, is pretty common terminology in the consulting world, but it, it's conversations around a project that have to do with financial impact normally or timeline changes. And then the other side of the coin is you're, you're going to have conversations with your staff or with teams or with um, team members that work for your client and can often be difficult around an event or something that took place or again timeline misses or poor work performance etc those kinds of things okay so can you share with us um, some of the how you prepare for these difficult conversations that that you have, I don't know if it's a regular occurrence for you or if this I is hope just... they're not. Yeah, <laughs> certainly hope that they're not regular occurrences, but right. I do think you do deal with a, a fair number of these conversations, and I thought it would be really helpful if you could share with us kind of how you go into this, how you mentally and emotionally prepare for these conversations, because this is not something that we are 
naturally taught or learn how to do. It's kind of something we, you know, trial by fire, right? Where you just kind of figure it out. But you have had some training um, at a management level, at least. Mm -hmm. And you do, I know your company kind of puts you in these situations because you're good at what you do. And you're good at having these conversations and, and being very open in your communication with your clients. Yeah. So can you just walk us through a little bit of how you get into that mentally, you know, mental preparation or that state where you are ready for these types of conversations? Absolutely. And I, I think a lot of people you know, overlook the importance of preparing for this kind of a meeting. A lot of people think, oh, you're going to have a meeting with your manager. There's a lot of preparation, especially mentally, but sometimes just other preparation of factual information. You have to prepare for these conversations. You can't go into them cold and not have the information in your head ready. And you have to be in the right frame of mind. So there's a lot of research out there that, that talks about you know, your lower brain versus your higher brain or your small me versus big B mentality. Um, and it, you really start to focus on holistically looking at a situation or looking at it from just how it affects you. And to have difficult conversations, you have to go into it holistically. You have to be thinking about the situation overall and you have to be thinking about what's the best intentions and what are the best outcomes for that situation. So a lot of what I do is make sure that I'm in the right frame of mind. I make sure that I'm in my higher brain. I'm thinking holistically. I'm removing judgment from the situation. I don't want to judge what happened. I don't want to know. I do want to know. I don't want to misunderstand the events that took place to get us to a point where this conversation is necessary. So I try to remove any kind of judgment. I try to remove pride from the situation. Okay, I want to make sure my ego is not involved. You know, I'm running this project. How, how dare that team member make my project run late? I want to remove that kind of scenario from my head. Do you have, do you have ways for doing that? Because it's not easy to do. No, no, it's not easy to do. And actually, it's, it's something that, depending on the, the events, I can struggle with personally. Um, a lot of what I do is breathing exercises to, to calm myself. And I really go through the timelines of the event. And I think about each item as it happens. And if it's a, if it's a budget overrun or if it's a project that's, that's gone astray, I look at the factors that impacted that budget. What happened in our project timeline that extended the scope, that extended the time, that what were the impacting events? Was it unknown information at the time? Was it, um, could it have been faulty planning? Could it have been misinformation that just was represented incorrectly? Was it directly responsible for, or was it directly impacted by a team member's responsibility? Something around those, you have to figure out the story. How did you, how did we get here? A lot of it is mental preparation in, in those kinds of methods. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I like to do to kind of focus on the events and the life cycle and, the, and the, the project timelines and what has unfolded is I like to make a gratitude list. Um, and, and when I say that, it's really focusing on the positives. It's focusing on what have we achieved what are we thankfully we achieve? What are we thankful for achieving? What are we thankful for finding? So 
yes, we may have found a negative situation because somebody wasn't performing or some unknown piece of information reared its ugly head and now we have to rescope the project. But it's better to find that in the project. It's better to find that early on. That's a good thing. Right. Because then we're covering all of our bases. We're making sure that we're going to see success. We want, Everyone wants success out of the project. Everyone wants success for our team members, for our employees. So we have to find the good in what we have and making sure that I think through all of that before I go into a conversation is, is key for me. Yeah, it's really interesting that you do that because I have also heard and learned through my experience as well that when you focus on the you know, doing the gratitude work to figure out what's good in a project, yeah. the negative becomes not such a big deal anymore. And we can we can separate ourselves from it a little bit more. We can separate our emotions. We can separate our judgment. Absolutely. Because we're focused more than on, well, look at all this great stuff that we have accomplished. So this little stuff, we can get through this. So that's really, it's neat that you do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it helps the process. And it helps, honestly, it helps the whole team when you approach that kind of conversation and you, you approach the client in that manner as well, whether it's your team member that you're talking to or your client that you're talking to, focusing on, on those details helps to remove the negativity from the situation. Cool. And is this something that you uh, work with your teams on as well to yeah Yeah, so there's always, uh, there's always mentoring practices that take place. And as we work through problems, we try to ensure that everyone's mindset is in the right place. So we really work with our teams, and, and this extends across our entire firm. We work with our team members to ensure that they're approaching situations in the right mindset. We're, we're, we like to think of ourselves as, as all of us being lifelong learners. So we want to ensure that we're sharing as much information on how to address these situations as possible. When you get around to scheduling these meetings, how do you how do you even approach that? Because you still at first you got to tell them, okay, we got a meeting, and do you tell them what you're going to talk about? Do you how do you even approach scheduling these? So there's there's two ways to do this as well, and and honestly, you handle it differently for any kind of team member conversation versus a client conversation. Okay, if it's a client conversation, it's easy. So we're going to have a project status meeting. We've run into a few hurdles. We want to talk through them with you. And it, okay. you just don't surprise them. You just tell them, there's a couple hurdles. We're going to work through it. It's not a big deal. So you're kind of, you're, you're positive on it. It's not just, hey, we've got an issue. Because no, you're it's saying, never an issue. Okay. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we have, so I think last time we, we spoke, we talked about that level of trust that we have with our clients. Mm-hmm. This goes with that trust. This plays hand in hand. We have to be able to have an open conversation about a budget, about a project, about a scope. We need to have that interaction. We need to have it sooner rather than later. So having that trust allows us to come to them and say, we have an opportunity for some changes in the project. We ran into a few hurdles. We want to talk through it with you. And then you just lay it all out. Transparency is the best approach. Now, a little bit different on the the team member side because... A lot of people look at these kinds of conversations with team members as they're centered around events. Something happened or or they're not performing. There's the possibility of corrective action. There's something that's happening that's creating strife within a team, within a project. That conversation is a little more difficult to plan. You want to ensure that 
you don't blindside them. Because as soon as you sit down with somebody and then you just drop something on them that they're doing wrong, they go on the defensive. They're all negative. They shut down. They're not open. They're in their lower mind at that, at that point. They're, they're thinking small me. They're not thinking holistically. You want to keep them in, in that holistic frame of mind as much as you want to be in that frame of mind. So it's important to, to approach that meeting topic. And one, I always call them. Or, or if, I'm, if I can do it face-to-face, -face, I do it face-to-face. -to, -face. to even schedule the meeting. I want them to be reassured that this is just a conversation. We're going to talk about this event. And, we're, and, and a phrase that I use a lot, a lot is, help me, I want you to help me understand what happened here so we can make sure it doesn't happen in the future. And I, I, I want them to understand that I'm looking for guidance on how we as a team can move forward. So it doesn't single them out. It doesn't put them on, on any kind of pedestal. Right. They're not siloed. Right. It's, it's a team effort. That's important. Yep. So that once you have the meeting scheduled, then usually an hour, hour and a half that morning, the day of that meeting, I, I take some time to, again, go through some mental exercise to prepare myself for that conversation. Because as, as difficult it is for them to sit in that conversation, it is just as difficult for a manager, supervisor, team lead, whatever, whatever the defined person is, it's, it's difficult to have that conversation as well. And you want to make sure you're both comfortable. So I go through my same breathing exercises that I use to look at the situation when I start to plan the conversation. I go through reminders in my head. And a couple of things I try to tell myself if, is that there are no bad people. Okay, Normally, people have good intentions. I try to assume good intentions. This one's sometimes really hard for me because if you look and you just narrow in on the event that took place and you, your ego can get in the way, it's very hard to keep in mind that they had good intentions. Right. You start thinking, small me, how did this impact me? You got to make sure you stay out of that realm because that's where they're going to go. So you have to be prepared for that. So you have to be thinking holistically. Right. Okay. So when you talk about breathing exercises, can you just briefly tell us what that is? <laughs> yeah. Um, so... It, there's lots of information out there on, you know, proper breathing exercises to relax, to meditate. But one of the things I find interesting is when you breathe in through your nose, take deep breaths through your nose, it actually goes right to your higher brain. It, it's a method of activating your higher brain. So it stimulates your higher brain. It does. I'm not medically inclined here, but it, it activates the regions of your of your higher brain that allow you to think more holistically, to think more creatively, to think more joyfully. If you're if you're breathing through the mouth and you're focused on breathing through the mouth, that's all focused on lower brain activity. So the flight or fight it's, type it's of response. Exactly. And, and you notice like when we are afraid of something, we take in a gasp of air and it's usually through our mouths because but, we're just, it's that activate the adrenaline and quick, you know, do something because we're, we're it's in danger. It's fight or flight. It's, yes. it's basic instincts. It's so how does breathing... the body survive? Right. And to have these kinds of conversations, you have to be out of the fight or flight scenario. You have to be thinking holistically. So yeah, that's a lot of where that comes from. That's I latch onto that for, for breathing exercises. I want to make sure I'm calm and I'm collected and I'm thinking bigger picture, team impact. Okay. So you've got the meeting scheduled and you've done some prep work 
to prepare yourself mentally and emotionally for this meeting so that you're prepared for how they're going to react to it or how they could react to it. To hear the rest of this conversation, tune in to our next episode where we will discuss what exactly takes place in these difficult conversations now that Ben has scheduled the meeting and gotten himself mentally and emotionally prepared. We even dive into how you can apply these techniques to your personal life and relationships. It's a great discussion and I can't wait to share it with you. Love this episode? I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. When you do, you help me to reach more individuals just like you so that they too can gain helpful inf- insights and ideas around creating a life full of prosperity. This episode was produced and edited by me, your host, Jen Stickney, using Adobe Audition, as well as tools available at anchor.fm, your one-stop shop for all of your podcasting needs.